We know things about the zombie apocalypse thanks to movies, video games, and sci-fi literature. Slow or fast zombies walk along the streets of deserted cities, searching for fresh food. And survivors unite in small communities and try to build a new world. But what if a real-life zombie apocalypse is nothing like that at all? Imagine quarantined big cities and crowds of people with empty eyes. They don't touch anyone, look harmless, and stare off into the distance, looking detached. It seems they don't control themselves and have lost their personalities. Then they start climbing lampposts, people reach the maximum height, stick to the metal surface, using the glue in their saliva, and wait. A few hours later, something white begins to grow from their backs, releasing fungal spores into the air. Spores fly all over the city, fall on uninfected people, and penetrate their bodies to take control of their brains. That's what a real zombie apocalypse would look like. And in fact, it has already begun. People, but with flies. A particular kind of parasitic fungus has learned to control the mind and behavior of wild fruit flies. Fungal spores enter the insect's body, then reach its nervous system and force it to perform specific actions. The infected fly slowly gives control of its body to the parasite, which feeds on the insect's body from the inside. Then it gets to the fly's brain and affects it somehow. Miss scientists are sure that the fungus secretes a strange substance that allows it to stimulate the fly's neurons and make it release a particular hormone. This hormone causes a surge in motor activity. That is, it makes the fly much faster. The insect becomes fast and loses interest in its food. At sunset, it climbs any elevated place, such as a blade of grass, and then glues itself to the surface with a sticky substance emitted from its proboscis. The parasitic fungus creates sticky saliva that allows the flies to glue themselves. Now the fly can't escape in any way. It stays stuck to the grass, then raises its wings, and the fungus releases the spores through its back. The spores fall on another fly and penetrate its body. The parasite can't live long without a new host, which is why it's so crucial for it to reach the highest point and spray the spores as far as possible. But flies can get infected with the fungus, not only through spores. The fungus penetrates and infects the entire hemolymph of the fly, that is, the insect's blood. Scientists extracted hemolymph from an infected fly and transplanted it into a healthy one. Soon, that second fly also began to climb to the top. The parasite injects some substance into the blood, which causes the fly to change its behavior. But scientists don't know yet what kind of substance it is. You've probably heard of another fungus from the genus of cordyceps, which can take control of the mind of ants and turn them into zombies. The parasite is similar to the villain that infects flies. The spore gets on the ant's back, penetrates its body, injects a cocktail of chemicals into its nervous system, and forces it to leave the anthill. Other ants can also expel their mate from the colony if they notice the signs of this illness. Then, this lone infected guy climbs onto a blade of grass and bites it. From that moment on, it can't unclench its jaws and just waits for the fungus to grow out of its body and release spores. In fact, there are many parasites in the world that can take over the host's body and mind besides fungi. There are wasp larvae that invade spider bodies. There's also a barnacle that controls the behavior of crabs, and mice can get infected with a parasite that makes them jump into a cat's mouth. Our planet is filled with creatures that can start a zombie apocalypse in the realm of insects and animals. The main question is, can these little creatures take over the human mind? 
parasites don't make their carriers aggressive distributors of the virus. An infected ant doesn't bite its friends in an anthill, and a fly doesn't try to eat other insects. Which means infected people would calmly climb some hills and release spores from their bodies. Not as much fun as running zombies, but it's still a scary fate for humanity. The good news is that such parasites won't be able to take over our minds, at least in the near future. Cordyceps that attack ants may have been evolving for millions of years to gain the ability to control the minds of small insects. They have created a chemical to change the nervous system of ants only. It's like a key, and every living organism has a different keyhole. Finding the right key to the human body is much more difficult. The parasite may take hundreds of millions of years and maybe more, provided it lives next to people all this time. Fortunately, such fungi are not our neighbors. Another barrier to infection is temperature. Parasitic fungi choose insects because they have adapted precisely to their temperature, which differs from people's. In our bodies, such organisms simply can't survive, but not all of them. Some dangerous fungal diseases infect people, and scientists can't do anything about them. For example, in 2009, doctors discovered an unknown fungus in Japan in one woman. Then this parasite began to appear in many other countries, including the UK and the USA. Scientists don't know where it came from and don't know how to destroy it. Doctors have been working on a cure, but haven't made any effective medicine. Fortunately, the fungus does not spread quickly and special services control the hotspots of infection. In addition, such parasites don't turn a person into a zombie. The main reason not to fear fungi is that they are very sensitive and fragile organisms. They react to any changes in the environment. Cooling or warming by a couple of degrees can destroy colonies of these parasites. Most fungi like the cold and human bodies are too hot for them. Therefore, they are not interested in us there are so many breeding grounds around, so why would they infect people? Let's assume that the temperature in the whole world has increased by several degrees, and fungi have evolved to adapt to these new conditions. Then ants, flies, and other insects could develop immunity against the fungus. When the parasite enters a bug's body, its immune cells attack the unwelcome guest immediately. In this case, the fungi would try to find a new carrier, a human. Let's say that infected people lose their minds and climb to the roofs of their homes to spray spores. What would humanity do? We wouldn't allow infected people to get to high places and would isolate infected areas to quarantine. Chaos would ensue because ordinary people would panic and break the law. But sooner or later, humanity would be able to eliminate the threat. Scientists would create an effective medicine that would defeat the parasite or we would take special pills to lower our body temperature. Parasitic fungi, sensitive to the slightest changes in temperature, wouldn't be able to survive in our bodies. It would be another matter if the infected were aggressive and ran fast. Then we would have big problems. In the worst case scenario, nature would help us. Sooner or later, some organisms would appear that could destroy the parasites. Look at the kingdoms of insects, animals, and fish. They are perfectly balanced. There are no species that completely dominate their environment. In any case, these are all unlikely hypotheses. Fungi can harm a human's health, but not their mind. But even if there's a threat of infection, 
why are we taking so long to create the cure? Unlike other diseases and dangerous bacteria, fungi are not so common worldwide. Creating any cure requires a lot of investment. No one will spend money on medicine until fungi really become a threat to us. Let's all hope that won't happen. We have just recovered from the recent events. That's it for today. So hey, if you pacified your curiosity, then give the video a like and share it with your friends. Or if you want more, just click on these videos and stay on the bright side.